I don't know what you call the opposite of the pre-lunch uplifting slot, uh, but, but here we are. Um, so thank you, Guy. I was a student at Emmanuel College uh, many years ago, and so I'm really, really happy to be back in my old college making lots of new friends. And um, speaking of new friends, all of you will have seen, I'm sure, um, this list of 10 top tips for European speechwriters we were given with the delegates list. Um, so I am particularly interested in one of these top tips, if you have them with you, at number eight. Number eight, and I quote, knowledge of foreign languages enriches our work. We are linguists, translation, is what we do. So, translation is what we do. So translation is what I'll speak of now, or more precisely, how translation and speech writing are joined at the hip. So when I'm not writing speeches for the Vice Chancellor, and when I'm not attending speechwriters conferences, I am a literary translator. So I translate novels from Spanish and Portuguese into English. Now the story of how I ended up doing this is fascinating to me. <laughs> and I'm very happy to talk about this later, but what I want to say now is that I fell into literary translation in the same way that so many of us fall into speech writing, by accident. So like speechwriting, translation is not an obvious career choice. Many of us dream of writing a novel, but very few people I know have said to their careers advisor, I want to translate novels. I certainly didn't. And while some of us picture ourselves swaying audiences with our rhetoric, perhaps fewer of us growing up would have said, I want to write other people's speeches. I definitely did not. Yet one of the things all of us here have in common is that whether by accident or by design, we find ourselves in the position of being able to build bridges, to go back to a powerful image from this morning's presentation. Bridges between one language and another language. Bridges between an idea and a speaker. Bridges between a speaker and an audience. There is a personal attribute that I think is essential and very useful to both professions. Humility. By definition, both speechwriters and translators must acknowledge that we are there to serve someone or something other than ourselves. It might be a politician or someone delivering a eulogy or a best man speech or an author whose work has to be transposed into another language. It is our job to bring them across to a particular audience or readership. The Ukrainian-born writer Nikolai Gogol said, a 
translator should be like glass, so transparent that you can't see him. Now, this annoys many translators because, of course, we'd like our names to be on the covers of books alongside the author and maybe even get paid some royalties along the way. Maybe. <laughs> but uh, I think Gogol had a point, and the point applies, I think, to what we do as, as speechwriters as well. This does not diminish our work in any way, quite the opposite. It takes craftsmanship and skill to be as transparent as a glass. We know that this, the skills required in speech writing are largely linguistic, for instance, knowing how to deploy the right word at the precise moment for the greatest effect. Literary translators have to be equally careful in considering the tone and the cadence and the music of the words that they are carrying carefully into another language. There are other transferable skills involved. Just think about the amount of time we speechwriters spend doing research. We often have to become experts on a subject in days, if not hours. And the same applies to literary translators trying to get under the skin of a foreign work of literature, the better to lay it out before new eyes. So translation, like speech writing, requires humility and skill. Let me add one more. Translation and speech writing require radical empathy. Empathy with the work we translate and with the author's intentions. Empathy with a speaker whose voice we must capture and modulate and amplify. Empathy with, that means understanding the needs and the expectations of the intended audience <coughs> or the intended readership. So humility, skills, empathy. And I could think of many, many others, but we speechwriters are attached to the rule of three. So um, <laughs> I'll finish by quoting a, a French speechwriter who I once saw being interviewed by Brian. Her name is Amélie Blanquer, and reflecting on the role of the speechwriter, she said, it's our job to translate someone else's intelligence. That's it. That's the message in a nutshell. And if I had started with that speech, with that quote, my speech would have been much, much shorter. But, um, now, all speeches need a call to action. So my call to action today is that we join together to urge the European Speechwriters Network to adopt a new motto. And no, it's not about the power of the network. The new motto should be this. Translation is what we do. Thank you. <laughs>